0: Welcome to Modern Day Missionaries, a podcast by Modern Day Missions created for missionaries by missionaries, where we talk about topics that affect our actual life on the mission field. This is a space where we get practical and personal and talk about the day-to-day real challenges and joys of this crazy life God has called us into. I'm your host, fellow missionary, Stephanie Gutierrez. Today, I'm joined by my husband, Danny Gutierrez, and we talk about the realities of being married on the field and how to infuse some fresh energy into your marriage. Welcome to today's episode of Modern Day Missionaries. Today is a very special episode because we have with us my favorite guest I have ever had and probably ever will have, my favorite human on the planet. It is my partner in crime. No, not crime. This is a ministry podcast. My partner in life, in love, and in ministry, my husband, Danny Gutierrez.
1: Oh, Steph, Steph. It is so good to be here. I've uh, been listening to the podcast and hearing what you're doing, so it's just an honor to be able to be a part of one. This is going to be fun.
0: This is going to be fun because we're talking marriage today. And who better to talk marriage than the guy I'm married to, who I really like along with love. I like this guy. It's always a nice thing in marriage. I'm
1: loving this podcast. <laughs> I'm going I'm to hear it back, and I'm like, this is going to be such an encouraging thing for me to hear over and over. I'm going right. to put it on repeat. On
0: repeat. That sounds good. <laughs> and we have been married for 23 years. It'll be
1: 24 this upcoming July. It
0: will. It will. And we got married very early on in life. I mean, you're looking at us, if you're watching this on YouTube, thinking, this is a young couple. You're right. We did. We got married in college uh, I was, it was after my freshman year in college. I was 18. You were 21. Yeah. We were babies. And uh, well, another interesting
1: thing about that is we were both at that time also already in full-time ministry. We were. So when we got married from the very get-go, day one, we were in full-time ministry, which is also a, a fun part of our story.
0: It's really true. We started out leading the young married couples group. we have been married a whole year. Oh, my goodness. And we got asked to take over the group with about 50 couples in it. And I I really don't know why everyone didn't just And you remember, like,
1: everyone in that group had been married longer than us. (laughs) It's true? We're older than us. And it was, but it was a great time. It was a great season. It was a a great time of learning. Actually, that's where we learned to just be vulnerable with our relationship. Instead of trying to teach people what to do, we're just like, hey, this is what we're trying to figure out together and and having fun doing that.
0: Yeah, it's true. And then uh, a few years after that, we jumped into co-leading the marriage ministry of the entire church, it's it's interesting to look at how we got involved in marriage ministry so early on. It's obviously something that we're really passionate about. So I think that's what's going to make today's topic so fun because marriage is not easy. I mean, I love him and I like him and it's like for real, but it hasn't always been easy for us. We've hit our share of bumps along oh, the road. Just, I think
1: like just like everyone does. I think some of those specific bumps for us. One of the biggest one was when Madeline was born. Uh, yes. We have a uh, a 20-year-old daughter who has profound special needs. <laughs> um, and that really did shift the dynamics of uh, our relationship, our family dynamics. And you know, it was a That's really, true. and continues to be a challenge, I would say, even to this day uh, of, of being parents and life companions, really, of, of a child who's now an adult with special needs.
0: You're right. You're right. Well, and then beyond that too, we we're an interracial marriage. We're a cross-cultural marriage. You lived from nine to nineteen. You lived in Peru. Yep, with Peruvian parents.
1: And I'm completely out of my league. That's another Stop. dynamic that you know plays into this.
0: But it, and then of course we've been in ministry, and hey, we are missionaries. But you guys on top get it. Of all
1: of that being missionaries, which I think there yeah. is a dynamic there that's that's worth pointing out. That's different. Mm-hmm. You know, as I was thinking about it, and we were kind of talking a little bit about this conversation. I was thinking about how different it was when we were serving on a staff here in the United States at a suburban church for 10 years together. Um, It had its challenges. It had its opportunities. There's a lot of excitement, but there was a structure to it that allowed for us to have some legitimacy in saying, this is our time as a couple. You know, you had your nine to five. You could leave things at work and, and take the weekend to do what you wanted to do together. As missionaries, that shifted quite a bit. Ministry was no longer a nine to five. It didn't feel like you were like a a doctor in a a consult office. You were now ER doctors on a war field, you know, battle clinic. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of adjusting, even for us stepping into that missionary ministry, but missionary space um, that we had to make some adjustments for.
0: No, I would agree. Well, and I was... Thinking about missions and marriage, I was reading uh, a book about William Carey and his wife, Dorothy, and reading some articles to go along with it, And I just look at their marriage, what they went through in missions. Obviously, he's the father of modern missions. So we honor him and yeah. we respect him and we, we admire all the work he did for the kingdom. But when you take a look at his marriage, his wife, Dorothy... They had an awful, an awful marriage. It it sounds like it maybe started out okay. But when he felt the call to go to missions, um, it was a different time, a different culture back then, but just forced her, dragged her to go. She was dragged, that's right. And she ended up going mentally insane. Like everyone called her crazy and she ended up getting locked up in her room and died young. And it was really a tragic story. And I know for us... I don't believe God makes us choose, right?
1: No, I don't. I don't. And, and when I hear that story, I think of, uh, on on one hand, the fruitfulness of his ministry, uh, all the converts that, that, that came about through his ministry. But I wonder how much more fruitfulness there would have been, how much more ministry effectiveness there would have been if the two of them, um, that marriage would have been in a healthy place.
0: Absolutely. Well, and we wanted to talk a little bit today about being exhausted in marriage and missions and how to get that marital energy back. Because that's, I think, one of the big things that we encounter, right? Right. Is that loss of energy, just exhaustion, true exhaustion.
1: Well, when we started talking about it, I was thinking about a a term Mm -hmm. that I read in uh, a biography. It's the biography of Eugene Peterson. It's written by uh, Wynn Collier, I believe is his name. It's just a lot of great things about his story are put in there. But one of the things that really stood out to me was um, uh, th- how he was describing his marriage with his wife yeah. during a, a, a difficult valley that they had walked through. Mm-hmm. And he used this phrase called marital energy that I just I just took hold of. And and I started thinking about and meditating about and and realizing there's something to um, pulling that aside and categorizing this energy as something completely different than everything else. In trying to think about like what what are the sources of that energy? What 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 does that do to us? Where does it belong? How do we you know, inadvertently siphon it off to other places where it shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. And and I started thinking about, you know, when we were were on the mission field, all the different times that I siphoned our marital energy or the energy I have for this relationship towards the bride of Christ. Um, Instead of serving faithfully the bride of Christ and doing that with my whole heart and giving it my all, but realizing that there is something special and unique and, and that's only for you. Um, and, and so I, I began thinking about that. And, and how does, how, where, wh- where are the sources of that? And, and how do we lose it? And I think when you bring up exhaustion, uh, exhaustion in ministry and exhaustion in this relationship, I think comes from not being intentional about that marital energy.
0: Say more about the difference between marital energy and regular energy.
1: Well, I I think it's the, the energy that only comes to me uh, through you or with you or because of you versus energy that would come from me being alone, reading a book or doing what I love to do, which would be to cook or, you know, the things that would be refreshing to yeah. me as a person. You know, I, I understand we're completely different people. I'm an extrovert. You're an introvert. Uh, there's, you know, two different numbers on the Enneagram. We We like to recharge very differently. Yes, we do. But there is an energy that comes when I'm with you. There is an energy that comes when I'm focused on you, or thinking about you, or planning something with you, just doing life together, that I think sometimes we put on the back burner, or we put as like, hey, we'll get to that, or hey, vacation's coming soon. And for a missionary, that's like, vacation's coming soon, and years go by, you know, before that actually happens. So... Um, that's what I would say is the big difference is it's very uniquely you.
0: And I want to talk more about that in a second. I really think for everybody who's listening and I know considering you and me and our lives being on the mission field, I would say takes more energy in general than just living in your passport country, wherever that is for you. Especially when you first move abroad, things just take longer. Things are harder. And you have less energy sometimes to bring home.
1: Well, we used to always say it when we first got uh, to Peru that everything felt like an event. Whereas like running a couple errands and getting a th- a couple things done from your to-do list that you could kind of fill into that like lunch hour. Uh, it was not so w- when we first got to Peru. It was like going to the bank Was an event.
0: It's true. I remember making lists with like, here are the five things I'm going to accomplish today that you totally could have done back for us in the U.S. as our passport country. And if you got one of those things done, you would collapse on your bed at the end of the night like, oh, my gosh, that was so much work.
1: And it would make you feel like I I don't have it in me. Like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Yep. Why can't I accomplish four things on the list? Why is it only one? I remember that one time. We'd been there only a couple months and we were sleeping on that mattress that was so thin. It
0: was like an egg carton.
1: It was like an egg carton thing. And so we could feel all the slats from the wood <laughs> in our back. And it was like months of months of terrible sleep. It was just terrible. And I'm like, no, today is the day. I'm just going to go buy a mattress. Yep. And I went out to buy the mattress and it was an event. It took me pretty much the whole day to find the mattress Purchase the mattress, get the mattress tied to the top of a taxi to get the mattress home, only to get home.
0: It was the wrong size.
1: And it was the wrong size. They had told me it was a queen size mattress and it wasn't. And I felt like an idiot. I felt deflated. I felt defeated. Uh, you were
0: angry? You feel uh, like you have been lied to?
1: Because I had to, like, take the mattress and get it strapped to another taxi and get it back to the store.
0: And then return something, then return which is something. so easy to return things.
1: No, it really is not. <laughs> and So you're absolutely right. I think on the mission yeah. field, there's tons of thin things that exhaust us that, you know...
0: Yeah, well, so there's, like, the physical things. Like, I mean, in our apartment, it felt like things were always breaking all the time. Just the the climate, the atmosphere we lived in, things were always falling apart. But then beyond that, the ministry side of things, uh, beyond that, we were living with family. And I know for a lot of missionaries, they're living with team members or living in really different circumstances. And it just felt like our energy was being used all the time.
1: Well, I think this is what happens. I'm sorry for interrupting you. No, jump in. What I think happens is because as missionaries, part of, I guess, our makeup becomes being very resourceful. It's like, hey, we know how to... Uh, take from Peter to pay Paul. Uh Or as the saying is in Spanish, we undress one saint to dress the other saint. It's kind of like, hey, I will use this for that because I don't have the same kind of access to resources that I perhaps have in the U.S. You know, having a church credit card or having, Uh you know, the resources of the institution behind me, like as as missionaries, we just got to figure it out. And so sometimes uh, that deficit of energy that, a bank run or buying a mattress or just doing life or, or ministry, um, we end up shifting, you know, uh, that energy that we should have for this relationship and shift it towards things that, you know, that aren't.
0: Well, and speaking of shifting, I think another thing we do is we shift our perspective of each other as a source of energy to just teammates We're teammates. We're working together. Like, how many times would we look at each other and use team language? We got this. We're a good team, which is accurate and so good. But I think sometimes I forgot that you're a lot more than my teammate, that you're my husband. I'm your lover. You're my lover. (laughs) (laughs) And a source of energy. Yes.
1: Yes. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the ways that we can shift our perspective when we get in that team Kind of survival mode to recognizing our spouse as a source of energy and us as a source of theirs.
1: Well, I think that shift for me after reading that book was to realize that this marital energy is not something that expires, but it inspires. Yeah. It's not something that gets spent, but it's something that refreshes. And so instead of like going back to what you said, seeing you as Uh, one more thing I need to get done and I need to be a good husband and we need to figure out a date night and we need to, and oh my gosh, that itself is going to be an event because how do we get there? What is it going to look like? What will it even be? You know what I mean? All those things that would feel like a drain and going like, no, 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 no. This is, it's precisely the opposite. Mm -hmm. Finding those moments and making the investment and the exertion inspires me. It actually becomes like fuel. Like I remember we used to go to San Antonio.
0: Yeah, a little a little cafe that sold coffee and ice cream.
1: And it was a big shift for us because before our date nights were always in different places. We like mm-hmm. to be spontaneous and try new things and never do the same thing twice because we were just like that. And then we had to make the huge shift. We're like that's not going to work here.
0: Everything else in life is spontaneous and constantly changing. So what can we yes. find that is the same? We
1: live in a, a routine of non-routine. So <laughs> let's find something that we know it is our go-to. Yeah. In San Antonio, remember we'd get yeah um that strawberry kind of fruit dish with uh, medongitos. You got the
0: strawberry one. I got the chocolate one with caramel. Oh, you're right. I, it was so sugary. I, yeah.
1: And and we would sit there and we have our dessert and we played skippo uh-huh. we take out the skippo cards and i remember people around us because there's not as much of a culture of playing games i think in peru children play games adults don't they sit and talk like adults and here we are two adults eating desserts that were huge playing cards yeah. and and it was it, i think it was very confusing to people it was but for what sure. it did for us is it energized us it did. there was an energy that we drew from each other um so I think that's that 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 was a shift for us yeah. or a, an important shift to, to me.
0: Okay. You saying that too is making me think, I think it's paying attention to red flags. There are red flags for each of us that signal when I'm starting to shift from you are my husband, my partner, the one I love to just a teammate. Um, I think when things that used to be energizing or that should be energizing suddenly feel like a to-do list, like... Going on dates. When all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I have to plan a date. I have to go on a date. If that feels like a to do list, if that feels like a chore, um, having conversations, making love. Mm-hmm. When that becomes a to do list, all of a sudden it's like, wait, 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 wait. something's wrong here, because these should be sources of energy. Not that we don't ever do those things because they're the right thing to do, and we don't always want to do those things all the time. But when the majority of the time, you're looking at formerly energy giving activities. As suddenly to-do list items that for me has always been a signal
1: well do you think there's something to uh, about that that would have to do with the seasons that you're in as well because i when when i hear you yeah. say that i think of there's good point there's different times or there's been different uh seasons of our relationship where one of the things that seemed to to, to bring energy yeah. wasn't quite doing it as much and so there was another source of that um you know, but always making love. For me, that always works. <laughs> Just so you know, that's uh, that will always work. But then, you know, sometimes it wasn't San Antonio. There were other shared experiences that we had. Or I know what you really like is stimulating conversation. I
0: do. I do. I think your brain is very attractive. So there have been, there have been seasons where it's like, yeah, we're talking about, um, you know, Kids, or you're talking about ministry. You're talking about what needs to be fixed in the house or the house dynamics of the people we live with. I find it, like very attractive when we have intellectually stimulating conversations. When we have, like read the same book together or read an article, and we can talk about things um, in depth or dreaming. I love I love dreaming that doesn't involve immediate planning. So if it's like, what should we do next week? And there's planning and actual work involved. No. But what if we just dream out far into the future? Like, what are some things or ideas? I love that. That's very energizing for me. And you bring up a great point. We get energized in in different ways. So what would be some other things that are energizing for you in our relationship?
1: Playfulness. I think we have a lot of fun uh, laughing together. And it doesn't even have to be uh, long times. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of the things I know that... This is, I, I I feel foolish saying this out loud, but say I'm it. just going to say it. Um, I like car dancing with you. Um, it is fun. Car dancing, where we're just kind of on our way somewhere. And in that span of 15, 20 minutes, you put on a song that you've just, uh, a new one that you've just found or one that you like. And then we both just start like grooving out in the car Uh, making people around us wonder what's going on. We've been
0: doing that since we were newlyweds, since we first got married. I remember driving into work because we worked at the same church and cranking up the music at seven in the morning and and dancing as, as weird as we could. And then just watching people's faces as they looked at us through their window. We just felt like we were giving them something to talk about at work when they went in. I saw this weird couple in the car. It was awesome. Beyond that,
1: for me, it's energizing (laughs) because it reminds me you're you're my friend.
0: Yeah,
1: we're not too serious about what we do that we can't find those times to just enjoy this random drive dancing. But hey, going back to what you just said uh, just a moment ago, I was thinking about how sad it would be um, that if stimulating conversation is part of that energy for you. That I would in my heart go like, well, that's Stephanie I already have the people that I have stimulating conversations with. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I really want from you is is physical touch and that you be kind to me and say nice words. And like, and then we car dance. You know what I mean? That that um, yeah. for marital energy to be. I don't know, uh, fueled back up. I think there's a willingness in both of our parts to be like this. This is something this relationship needs. Yeah, That's not just for my ministry team. That's not just for the people that I serve. That's not just playfulness for my kids. Mm-hmm. That's not just, you know what I mean? Yeah. There is a part uh, uh, that's for marriage. Um, and I think everyone's different. Like everyone has a different list perhaps of the things that that, that they enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. One of the things I really enjoy doing with you is ministry.
0: Yes.
1: I love doing ministry together, uh-huh. and there've been seasons, and there still are seasons where you're you're in one lane doing your thing. I mean, this podcast and in in what you're uh, working with Modern Day on is is I think it's awesome. That's that's a lane that you're in, um, but then there's also uh, things that we get to do together. Yes. And that creates marital energy for me as well.
0: And energy is really cyclical. Like you just mentioned that you enjoy watching me do what I'm doing. And like you're headed to Chile to go work with the church down there next week. And you're energized about that. And that's exciting to me too. And I think um, in terms of those kind of energies and in terms of the energies we give each other, when one person's energy gets going, not in an obnoxious way. But in a really life-giving, encouraging way, I think it can help give energy to the other person. So when I do something for you that I know really blesses you, that really energizes you, I get energy from you experiencing energy. It brings a smile to my face, and that just then, I think, fuels you. So it is something that's very cyclical, and it does take one of us, uh, I think, stepping out there and making the effort first to do that. And it's being patient. There's been seasons where... I think, you know, you and I have been tired and been down. And so as a really naturally energetic, positive person, I'm not going to come up to you if you are just down and be like, hey, daddy, daddy. that's obnoxious. But there are seasons where I might put on a song and say, hey, let's dance together as a family. And then there might be seasons where I can give you energy, not by being really overly positive, but by by sitting with you, mm-hmm. by holding your hand, by listening to you. And you brought that up with with different seasons we need different things things in different seasons we get energy there might be some patterns some similar ways we know we always get energy but that's going to shift sometimes depending on what we're going through and it's, not, and it's all, also
1: not always waiting for your spouse to make that first step for mm-hmm. you to take my hand or turn the music on <clears throat> i think there's moments when i'm feeling very exhausted in life in ministry or even in this relationship you know we again we have a child with special needs yeah. who is like a perpetual um, grade schooler needs us daily. Mm -hmm. Um, so we, we can even get exhausted in this relationship, but it's me, uh, being proactive also in being curious. Absolutely. Uh, for instance, in that space of ministry, going like, Hey, what, who have you been talking to? What have you been learning? What are these things that are going on? Me showing interest in your world and what's going on. Um, and you sharing that with me.
0: Okay, I love that you said that, Danny, because it's you're recognizing that we don't get all of our energy from our spouse. Mm-mm. Because what's really unhealthy is when I think you are my source of energy. No, 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 no. You're my source of marital energy. You are a source of energy. But actually, I love when you get together with your friends or I get together with my friends, or you might have a ministry experience, or I might, and then we come back together energized and excited because of what we've experienced and we share that with one another so it's also bringing outside energy into marriage and then it's giving each other the space to have other sources of energy is really healthy also i agree yeah well this has been really fun it has been because you are a source of energy with me i'm feeling energized i love doing ministry with you guys we seriously are very energized right now this is this is real we're probably going to go make out in the other room when this is all said and done come on
1: you heard it here first <laughs> this
0: is real this is a very yes. real podcast episode today but we just want to thank you for joining us today we hope that you have been inspired in some ways where you might be able to seek out marital energy our prayer at modern day for all of you who are serving as missionaries is that god energizes your relationships so that you have the energy to serve one another to serve your families and to consider and to to continue serving the people that you serve. So Danny, thanks for joining me today.
1: Hey, do you mind if we just pray for him real quick? Let's do it. Let's do it. Father, we just come before you right now, thanking you for this time, for this podcast, for those that are listening to it right now. Father, we just thank you for the missionaries that that you've called to the different places that you've called them. And Father, we just pray for their marriages right now, that you would energize them, that you would make them curious, that you'd open their eyes, that you'd help them become intentional about investing into their marriages and recognizing it as a great source of energy for them to do your will. We just thank you for him in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, again, thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you have not yet. This is available on all platforms, also on YouTube if you'd like to see a video version of this as well. And continue to like and share this with other people so that missionaries can continue to Receive the resources they need to keep doing what we do best. All right, we will see you on next week's episode.
1: Since 2008, Modern Day Missions has been providing financial, administrative, and marketing services to Christian missionaries around the globe. We're currently partnered with more than 750 missionaries in 75 different nations. If you or someone you know are looking for a nonprofit covering to fulfill your mission's vision, modern day could be the answer you're looking for. Find out more at modernday.org.